The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. At the end of his life, you might remember that JP II, John Paul II, suffered from Parkinson. And both he suffered publicly because he was a very public figure, and then he was put into a wheelchair. But whenever the Eucharistic was exposed for adoration, JP II will do so much effort to kneel. And people will say, Holy Father, like, don't do it. You're going to hurt yourself. And he will simply say, it is the Lord. It is him. And that's one of the main themes of this gospel of John, the third apparition of Jesus. It's a theme about recognizing him among us. It is the Lord, said John. And more precisely, recognize him in the sacrament of the Eucharist. As you remember from last Sunday, we're going through this theme of how the sacraments both connect us with the resurrected Jesus and they also transform us. So this is, if you want, one way of looking at this gospel through the lenses of the Eucharist. Peter says, go fish, I'm gonna go fish. The seven disciples, other six disciples go with him they got, got nothing. They see this mysterious figure that they don't recognize, like Mary Magdalene in the garden. At first, she doesn't recognize him. Or like the disciples of Emmaus, they don't recognize him. So he says, go and cast the net to the right. They do it. They have the great catch. And as they are bringing in all the fish, John has this inner recognition of faith. And he exclaims, it is the Lord. Maybe he might have accompanied that proclamation of faith with his finger or with his body, like, guys, it is Jesus. It is the Lord. Es el Señor. Dominus est. And both John and all the disciples, they have this new sense of company. It is him, again. He's alive, risen from the dead. It is the Lord. And then Peter, impulsive and loving Peter, jumps into the water and, and he swims. This is beautiful. Like, I get so excited with this. I don't know if you get excited, but these are so powerful stories. You know? Like, John saying, it is the Lord, and Peter swimming like... To meet him is so much love for him. And then it gets better. After a whole night of work and being cold in the water, Jesus prepared breakfast for them. He says, come, have breakfast. And there's fire, there's fish, there's bread, and they spend time with him. So the key in Christian life is to see how these biblical stories, they are alive. They continue through the sacraments of the church. Think of this, this miracle takes place in the Sea of Tiberias. And that's the, the, the other name they give to the Sea of Galilee. In what other gospel story the evangelists use the, the, the name Sea of Tiberias in the multiplication of the bread? And then at the end, look at the language of John. He says, Come have breakfast. He took bread, gave it to them. 
So it's a strongly Eucharistic message. The resurrected Jesus feeds them, nourishes them, and he transforms them. Actually, I chose a short version of the gospel, but after this is the three affirmations of love of St. Peter. So Peter and all these seven disciples are transformed by this encounter with Jesus. Something similar happens when we come to Mass. Obviously, we don't have the Sea of Galilee. Jesus might not appear in a public form as in this gospel. But through the signs of the liturgy, through the music, through the readings, the risen Jesus is revealing himself to you as however you come to this Mass. And through this participation at Mass, we are called to be transformed. You remember, if you touch the water, you get wet. If you touch the fire, it burns. If you touch the risen Jesus, he changes us. And that's what we pray and we long for the, the Holy Eucharist, that it might be a transforming experience. Obviously, this is the long run. You shouldn't expect to just be changed in one minute. Like, if you don't eat healthy and today you ate, ate veggies for breakfast or lunch or whatever, you, you cannot say, oh, now I'm healthy. No, you just ate a healthy breakfast. If you go to the gym only for one hour after like 20 years of not exercising, you cannot expect, oh, now I'm like fit or, no, it, it's discipline is step after step. The same is with the mass. It's transforming, but in the long run, in the long run. So how to be transformed when we come to Mass? I think the example of Peter can teach us three things that Peter did. Number one, dress up for Mass. Look at what Peter did. He was lightly clothed. He was lightly dressed. Other translations, he, they say he was almost nude almost naked, because he was fishing in the water, so he, he had to be lightly clothed. But then, when he hears that it is Jesus, he tucked in his garment. He dressed up. There's two interpretations of this. One is that he's like Adam and Eve, when they hear the voice of God and they feel that and they're naked, they they clothe themselves because they sin and they feel ashamed. That's one interpretation. If you read the Magnificat, that's what Bishop Barron says. But let me use another one that is also other biblical scholars say that Peter dresses up because he wants to be kind of formal, presentable to Jesus. Obviously, he's a little stupid <laughs> because he dresses up and he then jumps into the water. <laughs> you don't dress up for a meeting and then you go play soccer in the mud. No, like, so he dresses up and he jumps into the water and he gets messy again after swimming. But we can learn from him. He gets excited. He prepares himself to meet him. He dresses up as much as he can. So those, that's one first thing we can do. We need to prepare 
for the encounter with Jesus. Always remember, the Eucharist is not something. The Eucharist is someone. Coming to Mass is not something we do, it's an encounter with Him. So do all you can to prepare for that encounter. First, literally, dress up for Mass. It's good to dress up for Mass. It helps you and it helps others. Recognize the dignity of this meeting. I have to dress up. No, I have to wear the chasuble. No matter how warm it is, I need to dress up. It helped me. Let's say that instead of this vestment, I put like a Timbers soccer jersey or an Argentinian national team jersey. Well, it will not help you and it will not help me celebrate the Mass. So dressing up is good, especially for Sunday Mass. Doing the genuflection when you come into the church, paying attention to the readings, being in the state of grace. All ways of dressing up, of predisposing your heart to encounter him, like Peter. Ways of tucking in your garment. Second thing is to go to communion with faith. Peter hears it is the Lord, and he jumps into the water. And I imagine him swimming. We don't know how well of a swimmer he was, no? Like, when he walks on water, he begins to sink. So it seems he was not such a good swimmer. So maybe, <laughs> like, moving his legs and his hands. But those words of John might have been resonating, echoing. It is the Lord, Dominus est. So those, those words could be useful to pray. At the moment of the consecration, you can say, it is the Lord. At the moment of Eucharistic adoration, you can begin repeating like a litany, it is the Lord. And when you come to Holy Communion, you can also pray with those words. You can make this act of faith, it is Jesus. This gift, the gift of faith in the real presence, it's a deep gift. One, we should pray for it, and we should cherish and defend it. It is so mysterious that it is him among us. It is him among us. Actually, the Catechism says, this is point 1413, under the consecrated species of bread and wine, Christ himself, and look at this adjective, living and glorious, is present in a true, real, and substantial manner. Under the consecrated species of bread and wine, so in a hidden manner, Christ himself, living and glorious, the resurrected Jesus, no less than that, is present in a true and real way. So, Repeat those words as a kind of profession of faith that it is him. Finally, Jesus invites them to have breakfast. So this could be the whole mass in some way 
is a time to have breakfast with him. But especially a moment right after communion is a good moment to be with him. We cannot understand the resurrection, Christianity, and the sacraments without understanding that it is about love. It is about friendship. It is about Jesus wanting to be with us. Jesus wanting to reveal himself to us. Yes, you can think, I want to receive him. I rejoice in encountering him. I believe in him. But the same is true the other way around. Jesus wants to come to you. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. Jesus rejoices at seeing you here. Jesus rejoices at giving himself to you at each Holy Communion. And that moment of friendship happens in a special way in the moment of thanksgiving. So try to take advantage of the time after Holy Communion. It's a very special time. Sor Faustina once she received in a diary this message from Christ that I read it and I feel like challenge. Jesus says to her, when I come to a human heart in Holy Communion, my hands are full of all kinds of graces which I want to give to the soul. So when I come to you, Jesus has special graces. He says, my hands are full of graces that I want to give to the soul. But, and this is a challenging part, souls do not even pay attention to me. They leave me to myself and busy themselves with other things. They treat me as a dead object. They treat me as a dead object. They don't pay attention to me. So when you receive him, spend some time in thanksgiving. During the mass or after the mass, trying to receive the graces the resurrected Jesus wants to give you. So let us renew with John our wonder in his presence among us, with Peter our love and desire to go with him, and with the whole community, the sense of they did not want to have been with us. The gospel finishes saying they did not want to ask him, who are you? because they realized it was the Lord. Now it was not only John, the seven disciples realized it was the Lord.